0: This is Confessions of a Closet Romantic, a podcast where I talk about my favorite romantic TV shows, movies, books, and why I love them so much, without shame or embarrassment. Well, mostly. In this episode, Frightening Romance, The Woman in White, I grew up in a family that didn't show a lot of affection. I'd see close chummy siblings in movies like The Parent Trap, and I so wanted that. Who didn't love Haley Mills? My best friend growing up also came from a family of five kids, four girls and one boy. All the girls slept in a queen-size bed, even into their teens. They shared underwear, and I think they even shared toothbrushes. (laughs) Okay, you can go too far, but I wished I could feel that closeness just once and I kind of did with a co-worker I had in England I think she may have gone to boarding school but she would stand close when you would talk to her and kind of bump your shoulders when you made a point or tap you with her arms it was the sweetest expression of solidarity like we're in this together kind of feeling That kind of affection is at the heart of the 2018 PBS miniseries, The Woman in White. It's based on the 19th century novel by Wilkie Collins. And according to Britannica, the story is based on a real criminal case, which is tragic and spooky. It starts out like a typical period drama. Two orphaned half-sisters, Marianne and Laura, live with their uncle in Limeridge House. It's a grand country estate in Cumberland which is a remote area near the Scottish border, windswept, sense what's coming. The story opens like this. Marion's pale face, shining eyes, in extreme close-up against a black background. It looks like it's just floating, held down by a black hat and a veil. The whole shot looks like it's painted on velvet. She's meeting with a lawyer, and then you realize she's in mourning. And then in flashback, you learn why she's there. There's a mystery surrounding her beautiful sister, Laura. A bad one. Their only company at this remote house is young artist, Walter Hartwright. What a great name. And their uncle hired him to teach them the ladylike hobby of painting. He arrives to his new gig in time for breakfast, which Marion chucks and slides at him across a massive dining room table. Oh, it's so funny. This is how she introduces herself and her sister.
1: Mr. Hartwright. Allow me to introduce myself as one of your pupils. You're one of the nieces. I'm Marian Hawcombe. The other niece, my half-sister, is Miss Fairley. Please. And apart from the fact that we, uh, we share the same mother... We're as unlike each other in every other respect possible. My father was poor, her father was rich, leaving me with nothing and her with a fortune. But I have to admit we're honestly fond of each other, which is entirely unaccountable given our circumstances. Everyone thinks me crabbed and odd with perfect justice. Everyone thinks her sweet-tempered and charming. In short, she's an angel. And I'm... Oh, I know. Well, I suppose I should let you finish that sentence in the name of female propriety instead advise you have nothing to do with that cold ham at your elbow. Don't wait for the omelette to come in. And now I'll do all a woman can to hold my tongue. Uh, Please, not on my account.
0: (laughs) This doll of a Bohemian is played by Ben Hardy. How can you not fall for this guy? Blonde curls, blue eyes, artist's smock. When he says, I am at your service, I melt! Laura falls hard for him. She is sweet femininity personified, while Marion is more the Vita Sackville West to her Virginia Woolf. She strides about in long culottes that look like long skirts, men's waistcoats, and frock coats. She takes charge. She looks people straight in the eye. She asks direct questions and expects answers. I'm thinking this was strictly the prerogative of men at the time. I don't know if the book is written this way, but the screenwriter puts the focus on Marion, played by Jesse Buckley, as a feminist hero. She becomes the main focus and catalyst. She's smart, courageous, takes the typical male role in protecting her sister. Laura's well-being is top of Marion's mind at all times. Her comfort, her safety, happiness. When they share a scene, you just feel that bond. In that charming Victorian way like I never was with my siblings, Marion kisses and hugs Laura to comfort her, holds hands with her, falls asleep with her face-to-face, brushing her hair off her face as she nods off. This expression of pure love drives the story. It's a contrast with the corrupt love of Laura's honor marriage to a local titled creep her father wanted her to marry. Oh, this creep is beautifully played by Doug Ray Scott. Oh, he's a piece of work. The sisters disagree if the wedding should go forward or not and at the very end of this clip listen how marion announces their decision to their uncle she is a true badass
1: your uncle and sir percival have agreed to the 22nd of september for your wedding date so soon i shall go back and tell him that he cannot have it it's too late it's not a minute too late The question of time is our question, not theirs. It will only involve us in more trouble and more confusion. Are you to break your heart to set their minds at ease? No man under heaven deserves these sacrifices from us women. Men are the enemies of our innocence and peace. They drag us from our parents' love. Our sisters' friendship, they... They take us body and soul for themselves and fasten our helpless lives to theirs as they as they chain a dog to a kennel. And what do the best of them give us in return? No, no, let me leave. I'm mad when I think of it. All your love and courage and devotion will not alter what must happen sooner or later. Tell him
0: I consent to the date.
1: to the 22nd of September!
0: The sisters' physical, mental, and emotional lives were controlled by males. At points, it was like hard to take a breath. You feel the claustrophobia. Even the arrival of the male has meaning. It was almost impossible for them to get messages to the outside world or hear from anyone else. Talk about trapped. I don't want to give away one bit of this plot because it has a lot of really great twists and turns. There's an abusive marriage, a wife locked in an asylum, quiet dread everywhere. The acting, the lighting, the sets, how shots are framed, the mood. It just sucked me into every scene. A grassy clearing... Full of woodland animals still has anticipatory dread in this series there are five episodes but it's more like a five-hour movie events come to roost by episode four and I loved these women so much I could barely stand the tension I was so afraid for them but seeing Marion become the heroine was the best part of this story The romantic tropes are pretty unconventional. It turns out to be between the sisters as well as Walter. Without giving too much away, let me tell you, the tropes come full circle. You know, I love a trope that comes full circle. Oh, there's the most touching natural proposal scene I've ever seen in this miniseries. It's just a few moments, but it dragged tears straight out of my throat. Love is an action, and this story proves that. I love that there are three views of love here. Pure self-sacrificing love between the sisters, twisted and corrupted marital love because of greed and power-hungry men, and unconditional romantic love. If you're a fan of classic film, there's a fantastic 1948 version of the story with Sydney Greenstreet. It's not as creepy as this one, It's a bit glossier but it's so suspenseful. For sure this miniseries is more romantic thriller, emphasis on thriller than sweet romance, but the settings are so atmospheric and the love between the sisters, the bravery and strength of Marion, their love for Walter is so beautiful. The whole series becomes something different and surprising. This series would be a perfect bookend with Tim Burton's Legend of Sleepy Hollow for Halloween. They're both visually stunning, have a dark mysterious tone. They're very different but in both things resolve pretty happily. So put a pillow in front of your face if you have to, I did, but don't miss this. Today, I'm in the phone confessional about men with manners. Okay, in this episode, I talk about the character of the artist Walter Hartwright saying to the character of Laura, may I be of service or I'm happy to be of service. Okay, there is something so sexy about men with manners. I'm thinking also in the early 20th century, not just Opening doors for women, not like that, but the manners that made anybody, men or women, feel cherished, seen, cared for. Like the little thing about standing when someone enters a room or leaves a room. I can remember that lasting well into my high school years and maybe even beyond. And it's such a beautiful act of respect to that person who is entering or leaving. I also love the sort of really generous, it is slightly more formal, but when someone comes to the front door, please come in, may I fix you a drink? You know, it's just that thing that makes someone feel like, wow, I'm really happy you're here. And when men do that, and also let me just say that sort of modern, when you say thank you and someone says, my pleasure, there is something really beautiful about that. Uh, it's not no problem, it's my pleasure. And th- I think that sentiment is the one that I love when men in these costume dramas will say, may I be of service. It's such a beautiful, strong gesture of generosity. Uh, I'm here for you, you let me know what you need sort of thing. I think that's my one of my love languages for sure. So any time a screenwriter puts that into a costume drama, I am fully signed up. I'd love to feature your romantic confessions on the podcast. Tell me about your favorite romantic movie, TV show, or book. You can confess right on your phone. Just record a voice memo, click share, and email confessionsofcloseteromantic at gmail.com or visit confessionsofaclosetromantic.com and leave me a voicemail by clicking on the tiny blue microphone at the bottom of the page. Don't forget to let me know if you want your confession to be private or shared. I can't wait to hear your confession. Find show notes with links to what I've been babbling about at confessionsofaclosetromantic.com so nice to have your company until next time wishing you shame-free romance